This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cutmore on Magic 590, also available on 100.5 FM. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of the city of Albany, New York. Uh, we begin with a big story uh, in the news. It's in the news uh, today about indictments, about people who are involved in state government, uh, some top officials of Governor Cuomo's administration, also the president of SUNY Polytechnic, which does have a campus in Albany, and a prominent capital region developer have been indicted on bribery and corruption charges. It is uh, the talk of the town today, Mayor. What's your comment on that? Anytime you see charges like this, uh, particularly for those of us who are in elected office, it's incredibly disappointing. Our residents, uh, our stakeholders deserve to have faith in the officials that are in government and that are supposed to be doing our jobs in the best of all New Yorkers. And so it is very disappointing to see it, and it's disturbing for many people, uh, and it, it is something that we need to ensure that we're doing all that we can to have transparency and to bring integrity back to public service. Mm. Now, the, Preet Bharara, the uh, U.S. attorney, did make a distinction between the city of Albany and the, the state of New York, which is commonly referred to as Albany, or the state government is. That's right. And I think that one of the things that I've spoken with him about is the fact that it's very easy to use Albany as a shorthand for all of this. And not only does it weigh on us Albanians that uh, to hear Albany and, you know, sometimes it's referred to as a cesspool and corrupt and all of these things, you know, it kind of wears on us because Albany is where we live. Albany is a wonderful, incredible, historic city of, of neighborhoods. But the other reason that I think it's important not to use it as shorthand is that it absolves the rest of the state of accountability for what's really going on. This is a New York State problem. These are elected representatives that come here from all over the state. And we have to recognize as New Yorkers that each of us has a role to play in thinking about what is it that is allowing us to time and time again see these sorts of things happen. And we have to have higher standards for our elected officials. Yet this particular round of indictments to me, it seems to me, hits closer to home uh, in that oh, one of the people in indicted is a developer who's done work in Albany, and the other, the, the president of an arm of the state university, which is located in Albany. So what will, and it's just speculation, what would be the effect of the, these cases as they go forward on future, let's say, future economic development in the city of Albany? I think that we have a number of developers. I know that we have a number of developers that are working in the city of Albany. The particular development uh, company that's I implicated in the indictment doesn't have any current projects pending before the city, but we do have a number of projects that are underway in the city. And so we have a tremendous amount of interest, particularly in our warehouse district. We have a lot of work that's going on and that we're trying to encourage to occur in our neighborhoods around properties that are owned by the land bank. And so we continue to pursue economic development in the city of Albany. Uh, the property that has been talked about, and we've talked about it on our program out on Laughlin Lane, is no longer owned by that particular developer. That's our understanding mm -hmm. that it is. Uh, we now have a project in front of us by a completely different company uh, looking to do some development out there. So, uh, you know, we're going to continue to uh, spur growth in the city of Albany and to seek to grow the tax base here in the city of Albany. 
Another um, particular issue to the city of Albany, I would think, has to do with the indictment of Alain Kaliaros, the uh, uh, head of SUNY Polytechnic. I mean, that's that campus is located here. I've heard other, uh, you know, media pundits already, you know, speculating about what effect his, because uh, apparently he's been uh, put on leave by uh, the state university. Uh, will his leaving that post, at least temporarily, uh, what will that have on the tech growth of our area? I think that we have a strong base now of tech growth with global foundries located just to the north of us with the work and the investment that's been made at SUNY Poly. And uh, I think that when you look at the number of jobs that have been brought here and the broader community, uh, even through our Center for Economic Growth, the Regional Chamber of Commerce, that there are a number of individuals who are involved in spurring tech growth, spurring tech healthcare growth. And so we have an upstate revitalization plan for the city of Albany. You know, just because the plan didn't get funded with the half a billion dollars uh, doesn't mean that it's not a great plan. It is a plan that took a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of uh, data analysis that went into it. And so business leaders and those who are on our Regional Economic Development Council remain committed to getting funding for that plan and moving that forward. And one uh, final point on this issue that I'll bring up, um, the city of Albany depends on the state of New York for state aid. And in fact, uh, has been making the case repeatedly, you need more state aid. Uh, will a, a weakened uh, Cuomo administration, if that's what happens, be, be able to provide that in the future? I think any time you have something like this distracting people from uh, other is very important issues, it's challenging. And we will work through that challenge and continue to make the case. But the business of state government must go on. And I am resolved to continuing to work just as hard as I did yesterday and the day before to advocate on behalf of the residents of the city of Albany for us to get our fair share of aid, for us to be able to have a plan that we can execute on to uh, really bridge our way to a balanced budget. And that work will not end, and we will continue to do it. You're listening to Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. Let's go to uh, constituent uh, questions. You can send your questions to Ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. Uh, number one, the constituent writes, I was at the corner of New Scotland and Glenwood in front of the elementary school there and pushed the pedestrian button. It seemed that it took forever. Is the pedestrian crossing sign broken at New Scotland and Glenwood's intersection? Well, thank you for that question, and we did uh, send somebody from our uh, our traffic engineering department over to check that out. It's not broken, uh, but it does take time between pushing that pedestrian button and then getting through the signals. Uh, so it's important to wait. I know that there are times when I'm stopped at a light or stopped at a pedestrian corner that it does seem like it takes a long time. I've taken to looking at my watch and realizing that 90 seconds may seem like an eternity when you're not looking at your watch, but right. it's really not a long time. And I don't mean to minimize it, but I think it's just crucially important to wait for that walk, wait for the walk signal. And, um, you know, it is important that uh, we have patience, all of us, both cars and pedestrians, as we navigate this very walkable city. Another constituent uh, question, person writes, uh, next to my home, there's overgrowth of an abandoned property that hasn't been lived in for a year. The grass is practically as tall as I am. What can the city do to make the owner clean up the property? So if you contact the city and give us that address, 
we can follow up with that. Uh, you can contact my office directly or you can contract, contact 434 City. There are a number of ways that you can complain. But it's important that we have the address of that property because this uh, question includes a couple of things. One, what would happen with respect to overgrowth, even if the house was occupied, is that we ticket the house. That gives the homeowner five days to clear the property. If they don't clean up the property, then we go in, we clean it, and we charge the home and we we find the homeowner uh, for that work. But it's also important that we have the address because this individual says it hasn't been lived in for a year. We need to look at that home and determine whether it should be registered with our vacant building registry. And if it's not, then there are additional penalties associated with that. Let's uh, move to a, a shout-out. Uh, LarkFest is taking place this weekend. Big deal. That's right. You know, LarkFest has grown uh, over the years. It's, uh, I guess, in its 35th year, hard to believe. And it will be from 10 to 6 on Saturday. There are two stages. There's a website that's set up, LarkFest.net, which will give people information about the bands that are going to be playing. And I'm told it's New York's largest one-day street festival. Um, I'm not sure whether that's been fact-checked by anybody, but we do expect about 50,000 people. Wow. And you have a couple of new uh, developments on Lark Street or in that area. Ben & Jerry's has a new store, and there's a new clothing store. That's right. Ben & Jerry's was long a uh, fixture on Lark Street. They had some issues with their building and needed to move out, and so I am pleased that they found another location just around the corner, this one even closer to Washington Park, making it really easy for people who are exercising in the park to then go get ice cream, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but in any event, enjoying the park to go get ice cream. So they have a 10-year lease at Madison Avenue. And then we have a new clothing store, Enigma, which was uh, which is relocated to 248 Lark Street. And it's owned by three individuals who actually live right there in Center Square. So oh. it's a, a local business that's owned by locals, which is something that we love to see. You're listening to Magic 590, also available on 100.5 FM. We're joined by... Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. Let's uh, move on to some other topics uh, in the news. Fiscal stress. The city of Albany apparently is on the state controller's fiscal stress list. City treasurer Darius Shanfar says the main issue is depletion of the fund balance, which took place a couple of years ago. Efforts to create new revenue streams through red light cameras and sale of city-owned land in Queemans have not penned out. Is there, what is the way out of this revenue shortfall? Well, we continue to look at cost savings opportunities. We have cut millions of dollars from the city's budget, and we're going to be continuing to uh, do that and to find efficiencies and to find cost savings. We have started some new revenue streams, and as with any revenue streams, uh, stream, they often take time to be able to become uh, fully implemented to meet expectations. And we are continuing. We we are awaiting a um, an appraisal of the property in Kuimans and continue to market that property. So you know there is no one uh, panacea that is going to end this. For example, the property at Kuimans that's going to be one time revenue. Mm -hmm. um, we need to get ourselves to a sustainable budget. We've been working at developing a plan. Um, in order to achieve that and identifying real opportunities for that. But they are all things that take time. We are looking at our lighting infrastructure, and we are hopeful that legislation will be passed and that changes will be made by the PSC that will allow us to acquire our 
own street lights potentially. And again, we've got to really look at the costs associated mm-hmm. with it and the savings. But initial uh, uh, indications are that could lead to very significant energy savings for the city of Albany. So we're really tracking down each and every one of these opportunities. We're looking at our workers' compensation expenses, for example. We brought in uh, an auditor to audit our workers' comp expenses, and we found that there is significant opportunities for savings there, and we are going to be implementing those savings. So we work at it. And the challenge that we uh, had uh, in in 2014 rolled to 2015 and to 2016, it's not going to change uh, overnight. But we are working to get ourselves onto a solid fiscal path. A setback to maybe raising more property tax. No bids. No bids were submitted to commercially develop a 27-acre tract of land in the city of Albany, part of the Harriman State Office campus. The state was offering this, uh, and now I guess they're going back to the drawing boards. Is this a significant setback to uh, increasing the property tax base? Well, I think it, it demonstrates that these things take time. In order for us to grow our way to a larger tax base, it is going to take time. And I'm pleased that OGS is going to go back and take a look at what might work better or what might be more attractive for development at this site. The proposal that went out did not permit mixed-use development uh, that would include residential. So I think it's uh, this parcel as well as the downtown parcel. They both represent significant opportunity, but it is important that we understand the market, that we understand the needs, and that we have the opportunity to develop these in a way that is going to lead to growth of our tax base. But I still believe it's not a question of whether this is going to expand our tax base. It's just a question of when. And it does have more to do with timing than with what is possible in the city of Albany. We've uh, had a number of conversations about the Port of Albany and environmental concerns there. And now a top Sierra Club official, Aaron Mayer, is urging that tenants in the Ezra Prentice uh, public housing, which is near the port, be moved to that available land at the Harriman campus because of truck traffic and fumes uh, near the port. Uh, What do you think? Well, I mean, that is not anything that has been uh, fleshed out with the housing authority Uh, It is not something that has been determined as necessary. We are in the process. uh, We are working with DEC to do uh, extensive air monitoring at Ezra Prentice. We are also awaiting the results of a transportation study that is being done by the port to measure truck traffic Mm -hmm. and to look at ways that we can, without disrupting people's lives, to ensure that they have an environment that is going to be safe and that is going to um, be Uh, for the residents there, something that adds to their quality of life. And so we are looking at all of those things, and we need to make a determination before we uh, skip a bunch of steps and spend money that may not solve a problem. um, We need to understand what, what the actual issues are at that site. You know, I talk to residents at Ezra, and they will start out by saying, I love living here. I love it's safe. It's a community. Um, and and I like the quality of life that I have from that standpoint. What I don't like is truck traffic. 
What I don't like mm-hmm. is the noise. What I don't like are the trains being close by. And so we've got to weigh that and really look at what the right step is there. You know, the other thing that was referred to is that it's a thousand people. I believe there are something like 463 residents at, at Ezra. So um, it is uh, a, a small community and we've got to listen to the members of those communities and make the right decision. A story about police gunfire in a jailhouse interview with the Times Union. Bank robbery suspect Thomas Smith lashed out at Albany police for shooting at him, blowing out his car window during an arrest on Green Street. The shooting September 4th by a police detective in which Smith, an African-American, was not injured, is under investigation by Albany police. The shooting took place near the office of Alice Green of the Center for Law and Justice, who said, we don't understand why it happened the way it did. Do you have any comment on this incident? Well, it is an ongoing investigation, and the point of that investigation is to answer that question of why it happened, where it did, and when it did. So we'll await that investigation. The city judge primary. Absentee ballots have been counted, and Joshua Farrell set to become the next city court judge after winning a Democratic primary. Um, There is no Republican candidate in the November election. Uh, First, what's your uh, take on the outcome of the election? Well, it was a very close one, and I think it demonstrates yet again for those who say that my vote doesn't count, your vote counts. This was a 40-vote race. So it is important to vote, and I'll be making an announcement shortly with respect to the approach that I'm going to be taking to filling the vacancies that exist and that will exist at the end of the year. There are two other uh, parent vacancies coming in the city court. That's right. And I congratulate both candidates on uh, a hard-fought race. Waterwork. A $1.9 million infrastructure project is underway at Woodlawn Park in the Pine Hill section of Albany. Cost is covered through state grants as well as reserve funds and existing bonds through the Albany Water Board. In other words, apparently this won't affect property taxes. What will this project accomplish? Well, um, again, yes, it is important to stress that this is not our property tax dollars at work that the Water Authority is fully funding this through grants and through its resources, which come from ratepayers. And the great thing about ratepayers is that they include all those not-for-profits that we sometimes talk about that are not contributing to property taxes. But in any event, this is a project that is designed to deal with flooding that has happened at Hanson and Reichman Streets, even when we have a couple of inches of rain. Um, you know, when we get these heavy, heavy rainstorms, uh, there has been significant flooding there. There have been attempts in the past at addressing that that were not effective. And so this is a project that will create a wetlands that will hold, we are estimating, I believe, 500 million gallons of water. And then there is a retention area that's being put in under the baseball field, which will then be resodded and we think will be in better condition than it was before. So um, the Babe Ruth Little League gets a little win there as well. And it is designed to hold water and to prevent the types of flooding and wear that we have on the storm sewer system in that area of the city.